Welcome to Shelter Cove. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that you find encouragement through today's message. For more information, check us out online at sheltercovelive.com or send us a text at 209-340-3115. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today. I've got a question for you. What's your favorite kind of food? In fact, let me know in the chat. Are you a a pizza person? Maybe uh, spaghetti? Do you like Mexican food? Do you like Chinese food? Are you a Southern barbecue kind of person? What's your favorite kind of food? My favorite kind of food is fish. I just love fish. I love sushi. I'll eat halibut. I'll eat tuna. My favorite is salmon. Uh, And I say that because for me to enjoy fish, somebody has to go fishing. Somebody has to catch the fish that I love to eat. And that's the game that we're talking about today. We're talking about the game, let's go fishing. I know several of you guys played this when you were younger. Uh, I enjoy it. And we're talking about let's go fishing because we're in the middle of a series titled More Than a Game, where life is so much more than going through the motions. It's so much more than a game. It's so much more than just coasting through life. No, the life, the Christian life is about living with intentionality, purpose, so we can experience everything God wants us to as followers of Jesus Christ. Now, week one, we looked at the game of life and really talked about five things that matter in the Christian life. Week two was operation, and we talked about how God removes our heart of stone and gives us a brand new heart of flesh. Last week was connect four and how it's so much more than connecting four plastic circles that have the same color. No, in this culture of being so disconnected with God and others, we looked at four connections that we want to make and be intentional about in this season. Number one was connecting with God daily, doing that through prayer and reading of the word. Second of all was connecting with the church uh, weekly, making sure we are actively involved and engaged in a weekend worship service. Thirdly was connecting consistently in Christian community where we need brothers and sisters in our lives. We need to be there for them so that we can build each other up to be everything God wants us to be in Christ. And then lastly was to connect intentionally with the one, the lost boy, the lost girl, the lost man, the lost woman that doesn't yet know Jesus Christ. And I believe of all four of those areas to connect, probably the last one is the most difficult. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the one. How do we be people that reach people that don't yet know Jesus Christ. And this is so important for us because reaching people, reaching people that don't yet know Jesus Christ is part of our mission statement. Our mission statement is reaching and raising authentic followers of Jesus Christ. In other words, we want to reach people that don't know God so that they become a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ and go out and reach other people. But not only that, our vision is the one. It's the person that doesn't yet know Jesus Christ. And this is out of Luke 15 where Jesus is teaching. And uh, as he's teaching, the scribes and the Pharisees are looking at Jesus and they're looking down on him because he's hanging out and having food and he's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And that's the difference between religion and a relationship. Religion and religious people will often look down on people. Uh, People with a relationship with Jesus that want to be like Jesus are pursuing lost people, 
hoping they come to know Jesus Christ. But in Luke 15, we see this shepherd that would the shepherd not leave the 99 and go after the one that's lost and bring it back. And when that happens, boy, there's, there's so much more celebration in heaven when one sinner repents than over 99 that don't need to, to repent. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about this whole concept of fishing because the heartbeat of our church is reaching the one to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. So if you have your Bibles, meet me in Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 is where we're going to be today, starting in verse 16. We're going to look at just a few action-packed verses of, of how Jesus reaches people. What did, what did Jesus do? What was the, the heartbeat of Jesus when it comes to, to reaching people? And I pray that today's message would not only reset your heart, but reignite your passion, not just for Jesus, but for those that don't yet know Christ. And this is what Mark writes in verse 16. It says, Passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon casting their net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going a little farther, Jesus saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Heavenly Father, God, we love you so much, and I pray that you would speak to our hearts today in a powerful way, in an encouraging way, that we would be people that are like Jesus, that are about the one, the lost boy, the lost girl, the lost man, the lost woman that doesn't yet know Jesus Christ. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, I am so excited for the message today. Uh, again, fishing that we're looking at today is, is so much more than the game. Let's go fishing. We're going to see that, that Jesus, when we follow him, he, he creates us. He makes us into fishers of men. So when it comes to the lost and reaching the lost, what I want to look at today is I want to look at how do we reach the one? How do we reach the person that doesn't yet know Jesus Christ. And I love what Bill Bright says. Bill Bright, a famous evangelist, he came up with Campus Crusade for Christ, uh, uh, just led people to the four spiritual laws. This is what he said. He said, the greatest thing that has ever happened to any Christian is coming to know Christ. Therefore, the greatest thing we can do for another person is to tell him or her how she can know Christ. I absolutely love that. That's the greatest thing that we can do in this life is tell people how to come to know Christ. So how do we reach the one? I want to get very uh, practical in just a moment, but I want to talk first of all about just the heartbeat of Jesus. Number one, the first thing that we do is see the potential for their future. See the potential for their future. I love this because here's Simon and here's Andrew. What does Jesus do? He sees them. Here's James and John. What does Jesus do? He, he sees people. And I love this because Jesus sees people's potential for the future. I love this. He doesn't just see us for who we are. He sees us for who we can become. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you become 
fishers of men. Uh, the next chapter in Mark, who does Jesus call? He calls, calls Matthew, the tax collector. Tax collectors were, were hated. They were despised. Why? They worked for the Romans and they would rip off the Jews. And here's Jesus. He sees Matthew, this guy with a reputation of being dishonest, a liar, and says, hey, I see that you can be somebody that's going to become somebody that stands for truth, that communicates truth. And so for us to be like Jesus, we have to see the potential in others for their future. And Jesus did this all the time in ministry. I think about the multitudes in Matthew chapter 9. He, he saw them and he was burdened with them. He was filled with compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And what does he do? He meets their physical need before he meets their spiritual need. But there was something about Jesus who saw potential in people. He saw people for who they could become. And maybe one of the greatest challenges with this in our own lives is we don't see ourselves for who we can become. We see ourselves maybe just because of the mistakes that we've done in the past. We see ourselves for maybe who we are right now instead of seeing the potential in our lives that Christ sees. And when that happens, maybe we'll stop seeing people for who they are or for what they've done. And we'll start seeing people through the eyes of Jesus for who they can become. You know, there's a guy on staff, one of our pastors, and he said that uh, at a previous church he was working at, one of the pastors would uh, run errands with them, and anytime they would meet somebody that didn't know Christ, uh, when the person would walk away, he would say, there goes a great future follower of Jesus Christ. And what he just pounded into his mind was seeing people for who they could become. Now, one of the reasons why I'm in ministry is, is I had a guy named Jeff Kuhn several years ago that saw me for who I could become. I was all about sports. I was very competitive, hardworking, uh, winning wasn't everything. It was the only thing, right? And he saw something in me and thought, you know what, if I can steer that into ministry, uh, maybe God could use Jeremy in, in a great way. And so I became an intern in the high school ministry and uh, uh, very simple, but, but really the rest is history because there was somebody that saw in my life who I could become. But we, we need to do this with lost people. We need to do this with people that, that don't know Christ, people that are uh, away from the church, distant from God. And this is one of the hardest things to do, but this will change the way we interact with people. Moms and dads, when you see your kids for who they can become, when you see your neighbors for who they can become, your coworkers who you can't stand and nobody else likes for who they can become. This is so essential for us to be a church that's reaching the one. We see potential for their future. Why? That's what Jesus did. The second thing that we do is we invite others to follow. We invite others to follow. I love what Jesus said. He says, follow me and you will become fishers of men. I'm going to make you become people that are fishing no longer for fish, but fishing for people. And I love this because Jesus took just regular, ordinary people. I mean, these fishermen worked long hours. They were hard workers. Maybe Jesus saw that he could craft that into them, fishing for men. But Jesus isn't calling the qualified. He qualifies the called. 
Jesus isn't looking for status. He's looking for servants. Jesus isn't looking for just extraordinary people. No, he's looking for ordinary people in which he can do extraordinary things. And this was the fisherman that he was going after. And it was a simple invitation to follow. Now, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ? I believe there's three simple things. It means that we're learning from Jesus. When Jesus is inviting these guys to follow him, which a lot of rabbis didn't individually invite people to to be their follower, uh, often they would take the best of the best. And here again, Jesus is just taking ordinary, unschooled people because he saw their future. But he's saying, hey, follow me. In other words, I want you to learn from me. I want you to learn from me. I want my teaching, my discipleship to be your way of life. I want you to learn from me. Second of all, I want you to imitate me. Uh, Whatever I do, I want you to do. The way I talk, I want you to talk. I want you to learn from me. I want you to imitate me. And then thirdly, I want you to obey me. Uh, I want you to put into practice what I'm teaching you so ultimately you can imitate me in a way that reflects your obedience. That's what it means to follow Jesus. It's not a half-hearted following. It's, it's an all-in kind of following. And Jesus gave this invitation. And one of the greatest things that we can do is, is just invite people. Invite people to church. Invite people to, to be a part of our, our life group. In fact, I hope and pray that, that there's so many people in this next season that are inviting people to Shelter Cove, that we have people show up to our church on the weekend or join online because they're like, yeah, 17 people invited me to Shelter Cove last Thursday, and I just have to be a part of it. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we do like uh, our light show for, for Christmas, and maybe you're joining us because of that. That's why we do our extravaganza. That's why we drop these uh, Easter eggs from a helicopter. That's why we did a snow hill years ago so that when we invite people, people understand who Shelter Cove is about. We're about our community. We're about reaching people. In fact, it was just uh, several weeks ago. I invited one of my neighbors about four blocks away to, to Shelter Cove and he said, hey, isn't that the church with the light show? And I said, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, we would love for, for you to be able to come and be a part of it. So it's the power of a simple invitation. But again, that's not the end all. My greatest prayer for you when it comes to, to the one and comes to reaching the lost is that you would get very, very comfortable sharing your story, sharing your faith, your life before Christ, how you met Christ and how your life is different now, knowing that none of us have arrived. We're all a work in progress. But, but just being able to share your story with other people. And then second of all, to be able to share the gospel. To be able to share the gospel. What is the gospel? It's the good news. Well, what was the bad news? The bad news was that we are sinners separated from God at birth. The disease of sin came into our lives through Adam and Eve. And we need somebody that can make us right with God. It's not our works. It's not our efforts. All roads do not lead to heaven. It's only the person of Jesus Christ, which is why Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And what did Jesus do? He came to this life here on earth. He came down from heaven. He went to the cross. He took our sin upon himself. He gave us his righteousness so that we can be right with God so that we can have a new life, so that we can have the, inter- the security of heaven. And that's what the gospel is. It's the good news that there is life, there is faith. We are safe from our sin through Jesus Christ alone. But notice that we need to invite others to follow. 
But not only that, not only are we people that see potential in their future and invite others to follow. Thirdly, very simply, we live out real fishing. This becomes our, our, our way of life. I love what Jesus said, his purpose. In Luke 19, 10, it says, I have come to seek and save the lost. Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, says, I've become all things to all people so that I might win some. He says, I do this for the sake of the gospel. The prayer of Jesus, the model of Jesus, is that we would live out real fishing. Now, what does this mean? What does this look like? I want to get super practical just for a, for a moment. We're no longer fishing for fish. We are fishing for people, the one, the lost person that doesn't yet know Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Real practical, three ways. Number one, go where the fish are. Go where the fish are. We have to be people that are intentionally going to places where people hang out, where people live that don't yet know Jesus Christ. I love the reputation of Jesus. Jesus was known as a friend of sinners. He would eat with sinners. There was something about Jesus where, where, where sinners felt safe with him. They didn't run. They didn't, they didn't flee. There was something about Jesus where he was so loving, so filled with compassion, so just attractive in the way that he cared for people. Sinners loved being with Jesus, but we have to go where the sinners are. So let me just illustrate it this way just for a moment. It would be crazy for me to, to try to, to fish over here or up here. Why? Because there's no fish there. We have to be people that are going where the fish are. I love what, again, Bill Bright said. He said, you can be an authority on the content of the Word of God and still be spiritually impotent and defeated if you do not share your faith. And the only way that we're going to share our faith is if we actually go to places where the fish are. Second of all, not only do we go to where the fish are, we use effective bait. We use effective bait, and if there's a group of people that did this, we talked about it last week in Acts chapter 2. These were the early Christians. Their bait was simply the, the way that they lived their lives. There was something so attractive, so winsome, so desirable that, that people wanted to be a part of the church. People wanted to come to know Christ, and people were coming to know Christ every single day. So we have to use bait that's attractive, bait that people want. So I got some, some really special bait that I'm going to put on here. And not only do I go where the fish are, I'm going to use some bait that I know these fish are going to long for. Now, now why is that so important? Let's just be honest for a second. So many Christians live lives where their bait's unattractive. P people don't want what they have. And if I could, if I could simplify this, this, whole, this whole bait, and I'm not talking about a bait and switch. We're not talking Amway. I'm talking about living a life where, where people want what we have. 
I think about the word bless, B-L-E-S-S. If we're going to have effective bait, if we're, if we're going to live in a, a life where people want Christ and want what we have, first thing that we need to do is be, we need to begin with prayer. We need to pray for the people, pray for the one, and maybe it's one person, maybe it's several ones in our life that doesn't yet know Jesus Christ. We're praying for them every single day. We're praying for them by name. Uh, in fact, just last night, my wife and I, we were praying for people in our lives that don't yet know Christ. L, what do we do? We listen. We listen to what's important to them. We listen to the, the hot spots. We, we listen to uh, triggers that they, they have. Uh, e, what do we do? We eat. Now, let me just get really practical just for a, for a moment. I've got a, a neighbor um, down the street. He loves chili. How do I know that? Just listen. Um, so one night, my wife made chili and what did I do? I went down and got my neighbor and said, hey, you got to come over to our house. You got to try some of Kelly's chili. Very simple, but I, I want people in our neighborhood, people in our court to be very comfortable coming over to our house. So we begin with prayer. We listen, we eat. Uh, fourthly, what do we do? We serve. It can be really simple. I have my kids during the fall time. They go out and rake the neighbor's leaves. We pull in neighbor's garbage cans. We do different things just because we want to serve people. And then lastly, it's S. It's Share your story. Share your story of, of, of what God's done in your life. Share your story of what God's doing in your life. Share your story of, of why Jesus Christ is so important. And we do this in a way that's winsome. We do this in a way that's attractive. We do this in a way where people look at our lives and they hear our story and they want Christ because they are so attracted to the way that we are living our lives. And the more we do this, the better that we're going to get. Uh, I've learned uh, throughout my life there's things that I shouldn't say because it just turns people off. I remember uh, several years ago I went with a group of friends and ministry leaders, uh, all Christians, to the X-Fest downtown. Now this was a place where there was a, a ton of drinking, uh, just a ton of, of people that didn't know Christ. And so we went very early um, when people were still uh, sober and we just wanted to have spiritual conversations. We wanted to, to connect with people. We wanted to we wanted to see people come to know Christ. And you had people that were there with a bunch of signs, uh, certain Christians that, that said, hey, you're, turn or burn, you're going to hell, all this kind of stuff, which just totally turns people off. And so we went in there and we, we paid the tickets and we got in and we started having spiritual conversations with people. It was really interesting. We, I saw somebody that from Shelter Cove and they're like, hey, Pastor Jeremy, what are you doing here? I'm like, man, I'm praying for people and just really trying to lead people to Christ. And I said, what are you doing here? <laughs> Awkward conversation, right? But one of my friends, uh, to begin a conversation, uh, he said, are you ready to die? Um, and his heart was like, are you ready to, to face eternity and all that? It really creeps somebody out. And we realized that's not the way to begin a conversation. But as we're living out the Christian life and, and the more we're trying to bless people, begin with prayer, listen, eat, serve, Share our story. We're going to find out what works, what's effective, and what's not. So we have to go where the fish are. We have to use effective bait. But then lastly, we have to be patient and persistent. In other words, we have to be people that, that never give up. I'm so glad that Christ never gave up on me. I'm so glad that Christ has never given up on you.
And we have to be people that never give up on people because we want to see them come to know Christ and give their lives to Christ and walk with Christ. I love what 1 Peter said, or 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promises, some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And so we got to be patient. We need to keep fishing. Again, it's not called catching. That's what God does. It's called fishing. And so we just keep fishing and we keep fishing. Why? Because we go where the fish are. We use attractive bait, which ultimately is our lives and our stories. And then we are patient and persistent. You know, to reach the one, we have to be people that see potential for their future. Second of all, we have to invite others to follow. And thirdly, we have to fish. We have to participate. We have to be people that are living out real fishing. Now, here's the question I just want to end with today. Is what do you need to leave behind? In your life, in your walk, what do you need to leave behind? Because I love in this encounter with Jesus Christ, Jesus invites Simon. He invites Andrew. It says immediately they dropped their nets and they went to follow Jesus. It wasn't a thought. It wasn't a, hmm, I wonder if I should do this. It was immediate. Now for Simon and Andrew, what did they leave behind? They, they left their, their career. For James and John, what did they leave behind? It was, it was their father. For Matthew, a chapter later, what did he leave behind? It was his well-paying job. Now, what do all these have in common? I believe all these have in common a false sense of security. See, if we're not careful, our security can be in our occupation, what we know. Our, our security can be in our relationship, somebody else other than Christ, or our security can be in our finances. And yet every single one of these guys believed that diving into a relationship with Jesus Christ was so much better than anything they could experience in this life. Henry Ironside, he was a famous evangelist. He was sharing his faith at a conference one time, and there was an atheist that stood up and said, hey, I want to debate you. And he wanted to argue with him. And Henry Ironside said, you know what? Uh, if you can come back later today with 10 people whose lives have been radically changed because of atheism, I will debate you. He's like, I'm talking about former prostitutes. I'm talking about former people that have been in prison. I'm talking about thieves whose lives have been radically changed. Because if you can do that, I will bring 200. I will bring 200 people, former prostitutes, former people in prison, former thieves, former people that have been locked up, whatever it is, whose lives have been transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, obviously, that debate never happened. But here's a guy that was so quick to argue with Henry Ironside, and you've got these fishermen, a tax collector, that didn't argue, that didn't think, but immediately they left everything behind to ultimately follow 
Christ. You know, my prayer for you is the same prayer that I have for myself, that, that life would be so much more than a, a silly game of, of let's go fishing. But that you and me and our entire church would be a church that's about reaching the one, the lost boy, the lost girl, the lost man, the lost woman that doesn't yet know Jesus Christ. Again, we see people for who they can become. We invite others to follow and we live out real fishing. How? We go where the fish are. We use attractive bait. And we're persistent and patient. But the question is, what do you and I need to leave behind? Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for the privilege it is to, to be used by you. And my prayer is that, that this would be a church that is used in powerful ways to reach lost people that don't yet know Jesus Christ. And God, as we pray right now, maybe my brother or sister online is tuning in today and they realize that, man, you don't know Jesus Christ. He's not your personal Lord and Savior. And if that's the case, boy, God knew that we couldn't go to him, so he came to us in the person of Jesus Christ. You can invite Jesus Christ into your life through a simple prayer. It's not the words of your, your prayer, it's, it's, it's your heart. It's a prayer that goes something like this, Dear Jesus, I need you. I realize that I am lost, I am hopeless, I am lifeless without Jesus Christ. So in the best way that I know how right now, I repent, I turn from my sin, and I do it immediately, and I surrender everything to you, my entire life. God, I walk in your grace, I walk in your forgiveness, and I give you total control of my life. God, would you be with us today? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, hey, I'm so glad you joined us today. And boy, if you made a decision to follow Jesus Christ today, would you text this number just right here on the screen? Text this number and tell somebody. If you can't tell somebody, then you're, you really weren't serious enough about making your decision. You see in the scriptures, people always shared with passion just this decision to follow Christ. It's something that's so important that that we need to share with people because there's no such thing as a secret agent Christian. But again, we want to hear from you if you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us today with Let's Go Fishing because it's so much more than a game. It's a way of life because we're about the one. Let's continue to worship Jesus together.